Hello and welcome to The Leadership Journey. My name is Holly Ferguson. And I'm John Barclay. This episode is all about self-development or self-investment as a leader. Yeah, probably one of the most important parts for all of us. Working on ourselves is important no matter what your role is in life. I think we should all be trying to improve ourselves and find ways to become the best version of ourselves. And when you have the distinction of leadership versus management, management, we can go off and get all the technical training. We can go do all the courses, get all our certificates and our accreditations. Leadership's on that soft skill side, as they keep saying, and that takes different levels of investment. It's an interesting thing because like you say, you can go to university and you can get qualified, you can go to TAFE, you can do a bunch of hard skill investment and that's most of the time when people think about education where they go to. But self-investment is a little bit different. When we spoke in the first episode about your journey to becoming a business owner, you mentioned that although you were a coach, you knew that you had to get um, yourself a coach. What can you say about that? Look, fundamentally, one of the biggest things we all have is our own ego, our own bias. And when you're in a perceived position of leadership where people are looking for you, looking up to you for things, then you need to find a way to put ego aside. You need to find a way to challenge your biases. And it's you can do that on your own, but you really need someone to help you unpack a lot of that. And someone that's able to not be so invested in the day-to-day that you're doing as a as, as a leader and be able to just challenge, ask the right questions and get you reflect. So I knew starting a business and building a team around me, I knew a bit about myself as a coach. You know, I knew I, I do tend to have that mindset of if you want it done right, do it yourself. So you know, learning to let go of that and letting others do their role um, yeah, and, and I know that's a big part of that. And I know I'm also an introvert, so I know I can be very reserved and I can sit back. That has some good elements. It generally means I'm reasonably good at listening, but it also means I probably don't say things when I need to say things. And having a coach to work through that and understand the emotional characteristics of that to me is vital because leadership is all about emotional intelligence and social intelligence. While you can go do courses on that to help you understand what it is, you don't get as much value out of it until you start working through it with someone. And when you're looking for a coach, what are some of the things that you could be looking for as an individual who's searching for that, essentially, yeah, like you're saying, an unbiased partner? To, to do that really well, you, you you have to have an element of awareness anyway. So you really need to know what you want to be working on. When I first started the business, I was actually looking for a coach to help me understand running a business. It was my first business. You know, I've helped coach leaders and I've run teams, but it was the first time I was starting a business. So I didn't know what I didn't know. So having a coach was going to be extremely helpful. And that got me started on that journey. And the reality of any coach anyway, some of it's really helpful. Some of it's not. You have to work it through yourself and you know unpack how it means to you. And Once I got through that first stage, I then had to search for a different coach. The early signs of running a business I got quite quickly because it was probably technically orientated as a coach that I was getting, which was fine. But now I'm, I'm bouncing through multiple different people to unpack what's coming up for me when I'm running a business. Right. So you can have multiple coaches. You don't need to be stuck to just one person. 
No, and, and that's exactly right. You just need to know what you're working on and coaches have their own strengths and weaknesses anyway. And if you think if you're an athlete um, and you say, say you play tennis, you might have your tennis coach that's helping you fix your technicalities as a tennis player, um, but you might have your fitness coach who's helping you get your endurance and your fitness up. You might have your dietary or your health coach around your diet and your eating. So a similar thing as a leader, like, yeah, you might have someone that's coaching you around how to um, better work through the technical part of your role. You might have a coach that's helping you understand how to lead your team and you might have a coach that's helping you to better understand yourself. When talking about having multiple people to help coach you through things, are we always meant to look for people that have that in their job description, I'm a coach, or could it be a peer that we value or respect? Probably a bit of both. I think there's a lot of people out there now who have identified within themselves what their strengths are and they're becoming personal or professional coaches in that niche in that very specific area but if you're working in, an, in a larger organization with a lot of people around you with lots of different years of experience you have the luxury if you're open open to that growth mindset of learning you've got a lot of people around you you can lean on you've just got to know what you're looking for so if you know one of your weaknesses presenting in front of groups and doing that with very strong clear messaging and and holding and maintaining a room and if you, if you feel you struggle at that, but you see one of your colleagues who's really good at that, right. th- then why wouldn't you embrace them as a coach to help them un- help understand how they've learnt that attribute, that skill, and put some of that into practice? On this episode, our guest is Stephen DeCondelio, who is a technology consultant from Perth who runs his own successful business, Essential Business IT. Steve is someone who has gone through and is still going through extensive personal investment and development and we're going to hear all about his journey. Welcome Steve. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to here to have a chat to you. I think the first question I'll have for you is how, how long have you been in business for? Uh, this year will be my 11th so I'm currently in my 10th. Through that journey at what moment did you realise as a business owner and as a leader of teams that you probably needed to invest in your own development? Mm, that's a good question um, and the, there's there's two answers. The first, well, there is one answer, but the way I'd phrase it is, should have done it sooner. <laughs> There's the first one. I was probably about seven years in before I went, you know what? I just can't keep doing it the way I was doing it. And um, I, you know, I just had some interactions with certain people and and that led me down a path. I'm like, yep, this resonates with me and um, started getting some business coaching Um and which turned into a lot of things uh, beyond that. But yeah, that's that's effectively the seven-year mark is the, the short answer to your question. When you realised you needed to sort of look for some coaching or look look for some development, did you know what you were looking for? And if you did, what, what were you looking for? The answer to that is I didn't actually know exactly what I was looking for. I just knew outwardly when I look around and I saw other people working in business. You know, you see all different types of business owners or people in business and you see some people doing it really well. And then you see some people that are just always under pressure, in pain and challenged. And I said, that's how I feel and I don't want to feel like that anymore. And I just went, right. And then obviously I went to a just a short webinar, sorry, seminar here in Perth. It was a fast growth summit with Kerwin Ray. And he was talking about, you know, a lot of aspects that were resonated with me in terms of management and, and how to make things easier and how to scale and build a good team. And I went, right, that sounds exactly what I, I didn't know that's what I wanted, but when I saw it and compared it with other sort of metrics that I was looking around environmentally around me, I went, yeah, this this is where I need to go, where I need to head. 
And how long have you been on that coaching journey now, having a coach? Three years now. Do you feel a big difference? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's amazing actually. Like I've changed, I, I know I've changed my, my, my how I frame and the lens I see the world through now, uh, people especially. That's very, very different now for me. I'm a bit more relaxed with my approach with people and I understand people better. That's a, that's a big one. And, and among, amongst that relationships, there's been so many improvements since then and it's continual. Like I, I don't want to stop because there's so much more to learn. So I'm going to continue that journey. Yeah. Similar journey to me started as a business owner, mm. Probably, mm. probably didn't wait to seven years, I haven't been in business seven years, <laughs> but um, similar. Yeah. I, I got gravitated to Kerwin Ray as, mm. as a business owner, as around business coaching and uh, ends up being more than that though. So what have been some of the big self-development pieces that have come out of the coaching process for you? Mm. So I'd say this is a really personal one. So when I've had this question asked me one other time and I'd say the answer, the answer is still very much the same. And the answer for me is that, I feel that with any development in your life, it really starts with you. And I realized that uh, when I was starting to work with Kerwin Ray and his team, that I had a lot of inner work to do in myself in terms of um, just, again, framing the way I frame things, the way I hold myself, the way I see, the way I communicate. Um, and just knowing that some of the stories that I held that I was running in my mind were just stories from a long time ago that I've just kept there that aren't real. Once I established that, which took a good probably 12 to 18 months, once I established that that was happening and that I had to rewrite and re- rewrite those stories in my mind, things around me started to unfold and, and sort of fall into place with the people around me, my team, my clients. I was attracting and manifesting better clients, better relationships. So, yeah, I'd say that was the most important aspect um, that got me through, I guess it got me to the point where business development was almost a secondary to that because I went in there, had to do the personal work first, didn't realize I had to do it first. I did it and then I'm like, wow, okay, well, that's actually having a byproduct of an impact of everything around me, not just business, relationships and family and, and my children and everything. So it's been pretty um, profound actually. And Steve, how are you balancing the day-to-day operations of running a business alongside that self-investment? That's a good question. Um, I, I'm a balance is an interesting one. I find that people look for this perfect balance, and uh, I, I I always would say to anyone that says oh, I'm just looking for that balance, I'm like, well, it doesn't exist because life does not have give you a balanced approach to everything that happens on a day-to-day. You can't control everything that happens, so. One day you think everything's right here, uh, you know, as in you get a level playing field, you know where things are, everything's okay. And then all of a sudden, a challenge thrown at you. All of a sudden, that means you, all right, you might have to reduce some time on yourself for that day or week and invest it in the business. So the way I would answer that question as short as possible is that I have to make time to plan for the things that I do know. And that when things do happen and I have to reduce the personal investment on my, you know, whatever I'm working on, if I have to then go work in the business development or in personal development, whatever that might be for me, um, I then I then schedule that in. And if I'm falling behind in that area, I kind of bank it. I feel like, right, I need to, I need to spend a good four or five hours next week. And then I schedule my next week to be reduced with a client facing or something like that. I'll reduce something to then go back into that area because without that investment in the business or on personal, everything else sort of falls by the wayside. So um, I always look at it as a, a scale that moves up and down all the time and I'm just aware of, I'm aware of when I'm falling behind and I feel like I've got a debt to repay and then I schedule that in in the future um, to, to, to repay that debt. 
So can you help us understand what's been your journey in developing your growth mindset around yourself? Okay, I had some pivotal events happen probably when I was 30, about 10 years ago. And I won't go into too much detail because we haven't got that time, haven't got very much the time to go there. But for me, I had some profound, uh, some challenging experiences. Obviously, I, I got divorced at a certain point. I've got two children. And then from there, I was almost on my own for a while there in terms of in self. And it wasn't long after that, I actually started the German Kerwin as well. So it's could have happened all the right time for me. I feel like I, I, something was telling me to go there. It's, you know, it's just when you sort of feel and see things. So... When things really started to land for me, John, would, would have been um, when I had a lot of time to sit in my own space without any other extrinsic family pressures in terms of my own personal mum and dad family, plus the, the relationships that weren't working for me, and really just sat with the people around me that actually filled my cup, um, but also spent a lot of time by myself. And when I say a lot of time, I'd say maybe 18, to 12, 18 months to two years where I was really just not in relationships and, and um, spending a lot of time just questioning my thoughts is probably the best way. Being really curious as to, okay, I feel this way, why? This happened in the life. Was that really my fault? Is, or could I have done better? Like really just questioning the thoughts that come up, that programming that I, I've, I mentioned earlier. And until you actually sit by yourself in that space, um, and really ask those questions, you really, you just don't, you just, life life just flies past you and you don't really have any time to, to, to really invest in, into answering those questions. And sometimes the answers, you might not like them and that's okay. Being okay with that is important, um, I find. Mm. The one thing I'm constantly challenged with is getting the time available to invest in my health and, and my physical health. Uh, I, I feel I do really well looking after my mental health and I do really well looking after my personal relationships. I just struggle a bit with the physical. I look at how you tend to manage and, and invest in that. How have you gone through the process of making sure you're investing in your physical health? Mm. From my perspective, I know what motivates me, right? I'm, I know how important the body is as a vehicle for your future, right? So I'm very, I'm very connected to the fact that this is the vehicle that's going to take me. So it's a motivator in that way take me into the future and, and have a good long life. Um, for me, I'm motivated by milestones or goals or things that put, uh, are a little crazy <laughs> um, for some people, depending on who you ask. So if someone asked me what, what would help you motivate to, to, to be more physically in tune with your body and, and look after the physical side, um, I'd say, well, find out what really lights you up and motivates you. So for the question, if that question is asked to me, I'd say it's me scheduling in events to, uh, to aim for so in March next year I've got an 80k ultra run that I'm doing so that's wow. a that's a run in one sitting <laughs> and then I've got a hundred four to five months later um that's over east so they're the things that go right they scare the living bejesus out of me um if that's something I can say <laughs> um and um and, it, and I've already started training for it so and I know that if I didn't I know for a fact right now in my life with how busy things are with business and, and personal, I know for a fact that if I had not scheduled that in, that the last three weeks I definitely would have run, th- I've averaged 30 or 40 Ks of running a, a week, like really early in the morning. And it's been hard. I've been running in the rain, like just getting it done. You have to, because I don't want to do that 80 K run in excruciating pain. So if that's my motivator. So if I, anyone had to ask, 
find what motivates you. And it doesn't have to be running. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be crazy. It can just be something you enjoy. I just happen to enjoy crazy running. Uh, (laughs) So that would be my answer. So I know myself that one of the key self-development parts of the Kerwin Ray process is my word is my bond, which is really a connection to motivation. Have you found that saying that you're going to do that run commits you? Funny you say that because one of my highest values is integrity. And I find that within integrity, you've got honesty, accountability. There's a lot of things that sort of, you know, if someone, if you say you're going to do something, you do it, you know, and that for me is like the, that encompasses integrity for me. And, um, and for me, that's like me saying I'm doing that ADK and I'm going to tell people that I'm doing it because that's my unwritten contract to everyone. And that, that is a, almost like a third party motivation to push me as well. And I really appreciate that because we talk about the role of a leader and the trust they build with teams comes from doing what you say. And sometimes it's not necessarily about the actions we commit to, but it's what we say is important to us. Mm. In your case, integrity is a core value. Then how does that show up in actions? Yeah, absolutely. And um, and if I look at just my team, I know that I've been just through actions of physical. I know I'm not going to inspire everyone to do that because that's fine. But I know I've got about two or three team members now that ask questions and they join me on some of the runs and and they do that organically. So leadership for me is very much a it's a behaviour. And and if you can show up as a leader without dictating to people or without pushing people in certain ways, if you can just show up and do what you say you're going to do the team will sort of go, right, you know, Steve's onto it. We're going to do the same thing because that way it's a behaviour they will mimic. That's how I see it. And, and again, it's everyone's got a different lens on leadership. But um, doing what you say you want to do, I'm glad you said it because for me that is a um, one of my highest values in terms of integrity and that falls right inside of that doing what you say you're going to do. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us on the Leadership Journey podcast. No worries. It's been great. Thank you very much. Um, It's been lovely to to go down that path of leadership conversation with you both. So, John, after three seasons of this podcast, speaking with coaches, we finally had a coachee on and having that perspective is really good to hear. It is, and it's really, it's just powerful to hear it for me because, I mean, as a coach, you're totally invested in people all the time and just to hear someone share their journey of that process of having a coach that helps them challenge their thoughts, reframe their thinking, um, understand what's important to them and how to prioritise all that. And just hearing that evolve for, for, for Steve was just really powerful for me. What I particularly resonated with, with what he said, was particularly around the integrity piece and following through on what you plan to do, not only for others, but for yourself, particularly that self-care aspect, which can really be forgotten about sometimes. It is. And as I sort of opened up in there, that's the bit I do struggle with. You know, I, I have strong, I feel like I try and have really strong integrity for others and live up to the expectations that I have for myself around others. But I'm probably not so good at holding to the integrity of what I commit to myself on. And, um, you know, I look to Steve a lot for that because I do see how well he's gone through that process and, and, and how that integrity value shows up for him. And we keep talking about that in regards to reliability with trust and whether you're a trustworthy leader. And we sometimes forget about or don't, prioritize the self-care part of that process I think it's also nice to hear someone who has stuck with coaching for a significant period of time and is continually investing they know it's not just a one-stop shop and 
yeah, do a bit of coaching and you're done. It's not like that for Steve. No, and it really shouldn't be like that for anyone, to be honest. You know, I think um, as, as, as people, we have so much to learn and you know, there's so much opportunity for growth and, and we do build our own stories, we do build our own frames around things and that's why I like being a coach because I do hear those things sometimes and I can question whether that's a story and whether there's a difference there and are you open to seeing that differently and you know to hear someone like Steve talk about that and the value he gets from that and now has seen the value in that where he wants to continue it you know as as it is it's it's inspiring and it's uh, really positive. In the introduction we were talking about how sometimes you don't know where to start or what to look for in a coach do you have any tips on that side of things or chips in general for people who should be investing more in themselves? I think Steve sort of helped answer that a bit where he knew he needed to do something different. He needed to find some differences, but he didn't know where to start. Like he didn't know what it was. And, uh, you know, going to Kerwin Ray as a coach probably directed him working on things that he actually didn't think he was probably going to go in to do. You know, and I think it's hard to generally say to people, you know, you probably want to start here. You know, I think everyone's different. I think my general piece of advice to everyone is if if you're not looking for opportunities to challenge yourself and challenge your paradigms and your biases, then you can be stuck and you can be getting into that limiting beliefs um, and not embracing growth mindset. And once you do that, you don't know where it's going to take you, right? Once you do that, it's going to take you where it needs to take you based on what you unpack. And um, just being open to the idea of you're never perfect, none of us are, and if we can embrace that and lean on people to try and work out where we can go with things, then anything can happen. One of the Barclays values is courage and I guess it's having the courage to step into the unknown or just the courage to start something you might be a bit uncomfortable with or don't know where it's going to lead. Exactly and courage is shows up in many different ways and we talk about courage in regards to standing up and giving feedback that may be hard for someone to hear. It can be hearing feedback that might be hard for you to hear. But it's also going searching for things that might be uncomfortable, you know, and actually go outside your comfort zone. And we talk a lot about that in different sessions and different contexts around stepping outside your comfort zone. That's the only time we grow, you know. We don't grow when we're comfortable. I think you need to spend time in your comfort zone sometimes to restore some energy, but I think we can get stuck there. concludes another episode of The Leadership Journey. We thank you for listening. Head to the description for all the information about Barclays that you need and where to follow us on social media. This season of The Leadership Journey is recorded on Wajak Noongar Budja. We pay respect to this land's traditional owners past and present.